You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt, DJ Preach in the back, and the man with the best hands in the podcast business, OJ McDuffie Juice. How you feeling today? Ah, man, I'm feeling great, Big Seth. You know me, man. I'm always great, you know, when we get a chance to bring on good people, man. And, you know, we get on the podcast, we talk uh, so much amazing Dolphin stuff. And, you know, we've got a, a guest today that's highly requested. You know what I mean? And it's great that we get him in the tank today, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Highly requested. I told a few people that we had this guest and people were pretty fired up about it. And then I started to think, you know, I've had two of my employers on this show, right? So Harvey has been a guest on the show. Oh. JT has been a guest. You know, these two guys have signed my paychecks. There's another one of my former bosses here, Juice. He right. was both of our bosses. Former Miami Dolphins head coach Dave Wanstead. Welcome to the Fish Tank, Coach. Thank you, Seth, OJ, everybody. No, it's it's great to be on, really. I uh, obviously have a lot of love for the Dolphins, following them straight on through. I really haven't. I, You know, it, it, there's been a lot of change over there since I left, and uh, so I really <laughs> haven't reconnected. I was on the uh, sidelines. I was actually doing a Super Bowl in Miami two years ago for Fox, and, and I had a chance to meet uh, your owner and had a nice conversation with him. And he said, get by sometime. And, I, I, you know, I, I need to do that because I'm in Naples, Florida during the offseason. I do all, a lot of bear stuff during the season. But I need to get by. In fact, I talked with Sam and Pat uh, that last year at the Combine. I was trying to set something up to get by and see Chris Greer and the guys. And it, it just never happened. But uh, I need to do that for sure. I need to get back over there and connect a little bit. And, uh, yeah, be part of the tradition going forward. Yeah, you're a busy man, Coach. We get it. We understand, man. I mean, sometimes life gets in the way, bro, right? Uh, and you know what? I, I When I was – the media was something that I had on my plate, but – and, and Seth knows this because he worked with me in this area, him and Harvey. But, but it was always – I was so protective, and I never wanted to say anything that could come back on a player or back on a coach or back on the franchise. I was overly protective. And probably came off a little bit standoffish uh, in, in, with some people. But once I started doing this, and I pretty much made up my mind I was done coaching, and I wasn't worried about getting a job or offending <laughs> anybody, I, I've got eight shows a week that I do here in Chicago. It's eight. crazy. Eight, eight, <laughs> eight, eight shows between OJ. Now, I, I do get you some love. Every Tuesday, I do Big Ten Network. There TV we go. Show. There we go. And, and so I'm trying to help those uh, – Penn State Nittany Lions up there. They they did have a great year this year. I will say this. They, they were one of the most improved teams, yeah. I thought, in college football. And I'm so happy that Coach Franklin, they're out there in the Rose Bowl. That'll be great. Yeah, and they took the two best losses, I think, of the season, Coach. I mean, we got two teams that are in the, in the Final Four that, you know, that we lost to in Ohio State and Michigan. So I yep. couldn't ask for two better L's than those, right? Well, you know, what's interesting is everybody I talk to, I do all this, is – the reason that Michigan and Ohio State are in the college football playoff, they all look at the resume, right? Who did you play? Who, and the number one team that is their their resume builder, if we look at it that way, is Penn State. They're all saying, hey, we beat Penn State. I mean, that's how much 
regard nationally that the country has for Penn State. Don't get him going, Coach. Love Don't it. get him going it. now. We, we, oh, we, hey, Seth, <laughs> Don't worry, because I'm coming right back with, and that's why they don't play, they don't want to play Pitt anymore. So, <laughs> I love it. Me love being it. a Pitt guy, I'm going to end with that. You know, I'll, 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 I'm not going to give Penn State too much loving, but uh, <laughs> too much. Hell, Mar- Mar- Marino will be mad at me if I don't start talking about Pitt. You know, that's right. That's right. We don't need <laughs> we don't need any more of that, Coach, for sure. And and so it kind of brings me to my my point here. Your coaching career has spanned nearly forty years, and in some ways, in a lot of ways, it's almost silly to be so hyper focused today. But we've been accused of being silly on this show, and it is the fish tank. So I'm just going to jump right into it. We're going to talk dolphins. We're going to definitely talk some dolphins. January of 1999, the Dolphins had just been in the divisional round of the playoffs to the eventual Super Bowl champion, uh, Denver Broncos, and we get beat down pretty good there. Jimmy walks into Eddie Jones's office and says he's done. He wants to spend time with family. You know, we hear him talk now about the, the QTL. He was done. He was ready to retire. Wayne Huizinga somehow has the, that radar. He hears it. He swoops in, and 30 minutes later, he's back. A helicopter's landing on the practice field, and and Dave Wanstead comes walking out, and here's your new defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. And it really did kind of happen that fast. Can you take us back to that moment when your phone rang? You know, you had just finished your tenure in Chicago, and I don't know if you and Jan are sitting there saying, well, let's enjoy some downtime, and then the phone rings, and you're going back to work. No, you know, actually, I, I was in Florida at the time. Uh, Jan's parents lived up in the Tampa, Clearwater area. And, you know, Jimmy and I still talk. We talk. We talked usually, I don't want to say once a week, but close to it. Uh, every other week, probably at the longest. So we've all, you know, we started as assistant coaches together back at the University of Pittsburgh. And, you know, then Oklahoma State, Miami, Dallas, on and on. And so when I left Chicago, I went down to Tampa. And I was actually, we were visiting there for a couple of days. And I was going to my place in Naples. And I had, I won't get into the teams. I had two or three teams calling. And I was going to go somewhere. Uh, I wasn't going to sit out, you know, I, I was going to jump back in and a couple guys that I knew very well, respected, good, good programs. So I, I was talking to Jimmy about it and he said, Dave, he said, uh, I'm done. And, and no one knew this. This was like the night before he, he told Nick Christian, his attorney, myself, he says, you know, I'm, it, it's over for me, blah, 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 on and on. So uh, he says, what are you going to do? And I says, well, I'm heading down to Naples. And then I'm going to make a decision probably between these two jobs, which way I'm going to go. And he says, why don't you come down to the Keys a little bit? Because I'm tomorrow, I'm, it's over. And we'll hang out with the wise for a little bit, go from there. So I get in the car the next morning, and I'm driving down to Naples. I'm on 75. And the phone rings, and it's Jimmy. And I, I said to him, my exact words were, I said, well, how's it feel to be retired? <laughs> And and his words were, not so fast. He says, how'd you, how'd you like to come down here and help me out for a year and see we'll see what happens? And I said, what are you talking about? So he went into the whole story, and he says, where are you at? I said, I'm on 75. I was like up in Bradenton, Sarasota somewhere. And he said, let me check here. And he gets back two minutes. He says, hold on. He says, can you get off the exit there south of Fort Myers? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, there's an airport there. Mr. Huizinga is going to have his helicopter over there. Why don't you jump on that? You and Jan oh, come over God. here and, and we'll do this thing. I said, Jimmy, I ain't got any clothes. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I said, I'm, I'm in a shirt and jeans. And he says, oh, it doesn't matter. He said, just come on over and we'll kick around tonight and talk about it. And 
So I said, okay, so I exit and the helicopter's there and we jump on the helicopter. And the next thing you know, I'm standing in the press conference. We had no conversation. I had no more information than that. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, uh, so where, what did you do with the car? You just left it. Were you in a rental car? Like did the car just sit on the side of the road? It's at the no, airport. I, I, I left the car there. Then uh, when it was all over, it was at the airport, you know, private airport. Yeah. And then I, I went back and got it, uh, you know, once <laughs> we kind of wrapped. So then we hung out there for two or three days. Uh, he had actually he actually had his boat. We slept on his boat that night. Not many people know that. But he had his boat. He had his boat up there. Oh, where was it at? Where, where was that? Uh, what was that area? Ventura, up in that Ventura, Ventura area. Ventura, yeah, yeah Ab- Aventura, correct, yeah. OJ. Uh, yeah. And he had it docked up there. So we we obviously went out to dinner and we started drinking. And uh, next thing you know, we 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 woke up all of us and we were on the boat. <laughs> Unbelievable. And you talk. You we talk about waking up. You're on the boat. You're looking out there on the water. The sun's coming up. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell just happened? You know, right, right, right. <laughs> So that's, you know, uh, part of me is like, I think the, the, the thought was, oh, well, Dave's coming in. He's going to be the, you know, he's the heir apparent. He's the head coach and waiting and all. But it doesn't sound like any of that was that, discussed. No, you literally no, pulled no. off the side of the road and jumped on a helicopter. There, there was no strings attached. No strings attached. I was coming down there just because Jimmy said, hey, come down here. Give me, give me a hand. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> And we had been together for 15 years. Sure. So, I mean, it was, we didn't have to talk. And he says, you'll, you'll have more responsibility than, than you want probably. And, and then I said, yeah, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. So, you know, and, and my thought, I wasn't going to have to move. I'm in Naples. We got the stuff there back and forth. And, and then obviously it, it worked out, you know, it, it all worked out and unbelievably. So, yep. Good wow. Stuff, man. Well, you know, Dave, the, the 99 season was a wild ride. And of course, you know, while we experienced some success, it kind of ended really, really bad. You know, that playoff game in, in Jacksonville, uh, none of us really want to talk about that probably ever again, right? Think about it. <laughs> and this time, though, I mean, Jimmy is officially done. You know, we talked a little bit about how he was done, and he wasn't. This time he's officially done. There's no turning back. So, uh, you know, we get smacked on that Saturday, but by Sunday, you're being named the head coach, the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And although your specialty had always been defense, your first order businesses, you know, surrounding what's going on with the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, yep. think about that, you know, talking about making the transition from Danny to Jay Feeler, and then making the decision from Jay and Damon to start the season. I mean, that's a lot coming from a guy that really, I mean, honestly was thinking about, you know, just coming to hang out with his buddy. And then next thing you know, you know, you're part of the team. And then right after that, you are the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. it uh, and, and the tough thing with Danny was because I was so close following it a year you know I, I i we all knew that that danny was struggling at that point it was all his legs it wasn't his arm or anything you know his achilles and his ankles and his knees and the guy that i was gonna and i told wayne in the interview and everybody was kind of assuming that dan was pretty much done whether jimmy was there or not that his career was coming to an end and um and and that was the first thing that wayne wanted to talk to me about and the guy that i was going to hire and did is offensive coordinator was chan daly and chan and i were were real close from not real close but we knew each other from when i was at the bears and he was at the steelers and i really thought that chan was a smart guy he was a good guy he he was good people you know and uh, and and a heck of a football coach so I, but I knew the offense that we were going to run, OJ, and, and you experienced them. I and there was going to be a lot of movement passes. So we had to have an athletic quarterback. Mm. 
you know, because he was he was calling the plays when they had Cordell Stewart at the Steelers and they were movement stuff. And that's just what he believed in and and uh, had a lot of success with it. And so long story short, that you know, physically, that was not going to be. And I told Dan that we had a good talk and he he didn't want to hear it, you know, but I said, Dan, we, we're going to change this offense completely. And Jimmy stayed with it. He just stayed with with the offense, which Coach Shulis, he really tried to run the ball a little bit more than what they had, you know, Jay, but it really, it, that, that didn't fly. So um, so the, once the thing with Dan kind of broke off and we brought in Jay, and, and Jay, everybody for all those years, all I heard was we got to get, you know, the next Dan Marino. Well, they're probably never going to get the next Dan Marino, okay? Right, right. So yeah, that's amen. easier to that's easier said than done. And, you, and we looked at the free agent list and who was available. You know, Peyton Manning wasn't available. I promise you that, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so. Uh, so He wasn't very athletic he, either, Coach. You know, so. No, no, no. I might have I made an adjustment. You right. figured it out for Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we end up signing Jay. So now we got a quarterback that's athletic and we got an offensive coordinator wants to move the pocket and do some of those things and some quarterback runs. So that's that's the way we went. And, you know, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, you know, we come out of the blocks and, and had a great year and had 11 wins the next year. And, I mean, I think my four years, and I really only say that I was there four years, but, you know, we averaged 10 wins a year and, and won that playoff game. And, and really our best team was my third year. And we beat – I tell you what, yeah, I'm going to take you back in time. We beat Denver on a Sunday night game out there. Orlando Mari kicks the field goal to beat them. And they were really good. They were, you know, and we were the best team in the AFC. There was no question about it. And I remember like yesterday, I come out of the shower and uh, Tony, little Tony Eggway, Eggways, right? Did yep. I pronounce his name right? Yep. He, uh, he, 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 Close enough. He'll guy. live with it, Coach. <laughs> he, 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 pop, he pops me a beer, and I'm sitting there having a beer in the locker room in Denver, and here comes our doctors. And I thought, oh, boy, because when you see them right after the game, that's not good. And they proceed to tell me that Jay broke a bone in his thumb, and it was going to be four to six weeks. Nope. And uh, I think we we missed six weeks. I think I think we lost three or four of those games. You know, we ended up nine and eight. And um, my point is this: in the coaching profession, whether it be college or high school or the NFL, you really kind of get a window where you have to hit it big. And that window for some coaches is one year, for some coaches it's six years. But that I I really believe that that was my window to hit it big, that that was the year that, that we had, you know, Ricky lead the NFL in rushing, a top five defense, Pro Bowl kicker, you know, I mean, we, we had it. We yeah. had it. Damn. Guys were believing it, and, and we had the chemistry and, and the team, all those intangible things that OJ knows I'm talking about. We There, there was no friendly fire within the building. It was so good. And, uh, and Jay breaks his hand, and, and Ray Lucas came in and, and did the best he could. But, you know, that was kind of the window for me. And then we come back the next year and win 10. And I think we were one of three or four teams that won 10 games and we don't get in the playoffs. Now figure that out, you know? Yeah, it was more than that, actually. 
Coach, you, you must do this for a living because you're running through our whole show notes right now. You're gonna... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're talking, but, dolph- we're talking right? Dolphins, aren't we, Seth? Yeah, 100%. Yes, okay. uh, yep. It was All actually right. one of six teams. There were six 10 and 6 teams across um, you know, both conferences, and only one didn't make it to the playoffs. But I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up to your first year as head coach. And as you said, 11 and 5, we win the AFC East. This is pre Ricky now. So it's Lamar Smith. And. Yep. Boyd, you know, talk about riding Lamar Smith. We get to that ho- hosting a playoff game here against the Colts, going Peyton to overtime. Manning. What's Peyton that? Manning. Peyton Manning. That's right. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Go move your pocket, Peyton Manning. We're not- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And but you know that seventeen-yard bullish run that Lamar Smith has to just carry us into the next round of the playoffs. What was that moment like for you? I mean, you're in your first year as a head coach here. And I just remember that was one of the greatest moments for me just working in the NFL. It was a really special day. Now, who in the hell would have thought that 22 years later, we still haven't won a playoff game here in South Florida? But uh, hopefully that'll change really soon. But what was that moment like for you, Coach? Well, you know, it was um, obviously exciting, but it was like it was really rewarding because I, you know, I had been through a tough time in Chicago and that window came in Chicago when our quarterback broke his neck, uh, Eric Kramer. We had beat the Cowboys Man. on a Monday night game, and he breaks his neck. He's out for the year. Long story short, we go seven and nine. And that was kind of the beginning of the end there. And uh, so, you know, it was just a very rewarding because it's, it, was, it had been a tough couple of years. And uh, just to see everything come together and the fans were so fired up and I still remember Jim Mandich's voice, you know, because they played his uh, – I talked about Oakland, here we come, or whatever he said at the end, and they played that like all week on all the stations mm-hmm. in Miami, and, and Jim was a, a, a dear friend. And that's what I remember from that game and, uh, you know, just the excitement of, of taking that step and, uh, and, and, and then wanting more. You know, having been to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl – that's the next thing that's on your mind is is now we got to get the ring. We got to get the next step somehow. Yeah, no doubt about it. Coach, thinking about speaking of that, you know, an, another 11 and 5 season in 01, but then Baltimore, man, they they seem like they no. I mean, I think they bullied us more than anybody as a Dolphin myself and as a player, man, in the playoffs. And we all know that, you know, just a few months later, now you'd orchestrate one of the biggest trades in history to bring Ricky Williams to Miami. And we will definitely talk a lot about Ricky, of course, but take us back to how that all went down, how the trade came to be, how, how that happened. Well, you know what? The year uh, be- the year that we made the trade, the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, and this is crazy. And so my wife and I went down, but we weren't going to stay for the game. So we went down for some of the stuff, you know, the, pre- the pregame stuff. And we were there like a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday we were flying back to um, – uh, Miami. And so we're at the New Orleans airport and it is empty, obviously. And we're going out and who's sitting in the same terminal, but Ricky. So Ricky and I start having a conversation and we're just talking, you know, coach Ditka, Mike and I were good friends and on and on. And just, you know, in general. So I go back to the office and I get a hold of Rick Spielman. And I said, you know, I don't know if Ricky, I said, when you look at our team right now and Lamar was going to move on, I said, we got a top defense, good kicker. I said, we got a quarterback. I said, but we got to be able to run the ball because Jay is, I mean, Jay's a winner. Jay Fiedler, if you look at the games when he was healthy and played, oh, his yeah. winning percentage is like 75%, you oh, know? Yeah. 
and no one gives him any credit for anything in Miami. I mean, that's fine. That's another story. But uh, so I said, we got to be able to run the ball to take some pressure off of Jay. And so Rick goes to work. Him and George Payton kind of go to work on this trade deal. And we come up with a package where we can get with Ricky. And Ricky comes in. And Lee Steinberg was his agent. And uh, we sat down with Ricky and had a long discussion. And, you know, because there was, there was some stuff out there, you know, about him and and what he was dealing with a little bit in New Orleans. And once I felt comfortable with it, I said, let's go. And uh, Ricky was one of my favorites. He really was. It's, yeah. It was crazy how it ended, you know, with us there. But uh, but he uh, he was a guy, you know, and every, it's funny because everybody talks about, and do you remember when Thurman Thomas was with us, OJ? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I signed Thurman Thomas and Ricky's there, okay? And Thermos comes in for that first. So I, we were using Thurman Thomas in third downs. OJ remembers. And we, uh, and so I'm, because when Ricky semi-retired, he said he was being used so much in our offense. Well, he came into my office and says, coach, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? He says, why am I not in on every play? I want the ball. <laughs> wow. So I, so long story short, Ricky, uh, he wanted the ball. I gave him the ball. You definitely <laughs> gave him the ball, coach. Yeah. About 430-some 400, touches a year. <laughs> he definitely... and it, 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 I'll tell you what, it, you talk about that Lamar, the playoff win. I'll tell you the story there. So we come out in overtime, and uh, we hand off to Lamar. He makes four, makes five. And I've always believed this, philosophy-wise, that when, all these offensive coordinators you hire, they all tell you they believe in running the ball. Very few of them do. Okay, they, they they tell me that in an interview, and, but Chan Gailey did. Chan Gailey did, and so it didn't take long. We made a, a three nice runs, and I told Chan, I said, I don't know if we need to throw the ball anymore, and he says, You got it, and he handed that thing to Lamar like six times. <laughs> well, not well, well now fast forward. So now I got Ricky. Okay, where we're at now, and we're playing the Bills on a Sunday night. ESPN game in Miami. Baseball field is still baseball. Yep. So it's early in the year. And uh, they were, we were like four and one. They were four and one. I, 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 we were both very good teams. And this was an important game, big game. And we're in the fourth quarter and Jay throws a pass and it, it goes over Rondé Gaston's head or something. And then he comes back and he throws the next one and kind of bounces off the hands of a defender. And Norv Turner was our offense coordinator. And I said, Norv, I've about seen all this that I'm ready to see. Okay. And there was about, about four or five minutes to go in the game. And we had the lead. We had like a three-point lead or four-point lead. I forget what it was. And he, I said, I really don't care if anybody touches the ball except Ricky. And he says, Rizal, okay, you want it? You got it. I think it was 11 straight carries. No one touched the ball except Ricky, and we went bam, bam. So now we're down on the goal line. It's third and one or fourth and one, or, and we call a timeout. And Ricky comes over, and I've never felt worse in my life. Ricky comes over, and his arms from playing, and OJ, you've had it. You've experienced it. On that baseball field, it's like playing in a gravel parking lot, right? You know, on that sand and dirt and stones. Yeah. And Ricky comes over, and both of his arms are just torn up. And he's standing there, and he's got dirt in his face, and he's looking at me. And I said, Rick, we're going to go for this. I said, what do you like? And he says, 
I think we called it 34 scissors, where we started one way and handed the ball back. And I said, now in 34 scissors, we don't block the safety. And he says, I know that. And Ricky was smart. He was the smartest so smart running back hell. I've ever coached. Hell yeah. S- smartest running back I ever coached. He knew all the blocking. He knew the defenses. Ricky says, I know that. And which meant he was going to be one-on-one with the safety in the hole, who was uh, Malloy. Give me his Lawyer first Malloy. name. Lawyer Malloy. Lawyer Malloy, Pro Bowl player. Yep. And he knew it. We knew it. And we run 36. And we hand it back to him, scissors. And sure enough, Malloy's standing right there on the goal line. And Ricky gets that ball and, you know, obviously carries him and everything else into the end zone. Yeah. True story. Oh, man. I believe it. Yeah. Man, that's good stuff. Man, it's really good stuff. So, Coach, you talked about at the beginning of this interview how uh, when you were a coach, you were a little more guarded. And, you know, now obviously on this side of things, uh, you, you share more. But I remember, and this is you know, standing in that press conference, uh, in that little press room there at the old Davy Complex, and we had just traded for Ricky, and we, they talked about the the package and what we gave up and what the what the the value of the picks could be, and the and you're like, shoot, if Ricky reaches that, we'll be in the Super Bowl. I remember those words. I remember you saying those things, and then of course Ricky does. But fast forward to that Denver game, as you said, so. Was that one of those moments where you're like, well, see what happens? I stepped out more than I typically would like to in a press no, conference. No, because I, I knew that was the best chance we had to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and when you have a top five defense, and as I said before, you got the running back that can lead the NFL in rushing, MVP in the Pro Bowl, and a Pro Bowl kicker, you should win the Super Bowl. Yep. And, you know, and, and you don't have to have Dan Marino at quarterback. And Jay was a winner. Jay can make throws. He can make. You know, and that playoff game, the one thing I still and – I, and I saw Jay when I was coaching up at the Buffalo Bills with Chan Gailey. He came by to a practice, and we were kidding. And, and we went up there, and we played uh, – we went out and played Oakland. OJ. Yep. Jay. Yep. You remember the game? And you were playing what? Z or X? What did you play in that game? I played you X. Play? You played X. Okay. I don't know the play, but I blame this on Jay and your <laughs> friendship with Jay. <laughs> Because we 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 got we drove right down the field, opening drive, and I don't know where we were at, but we were in we were in the red zone. We were inside the twenty, and we called a a fire pass and something and whatever the the play was, and he forced that damn ball to you somehow. <laughs> He was trying to get the ball to OJ, and the guy in the flat was open, and that used to make me mad. Take the money. <laughs> and, and it got intercepted. And their great corner or safety, one of their corners ran it down to about the 20 going the other way. way and back, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they scored, and that turned the game around. Then, you know, we're out there in the, in Oakland and the fans, and and, and they had a, a really good team. And, and then, but that was the, if we score on that opening drive, who knows, you know? Yeah. So now, Coach, this is funny to hear this story because <laughs> Juice and I, we do the post-game show for the Dolphins now as well on QAM. We do post-game radio, and so we watch the games together. And we were watching a game the other day, and he felt Tua, while he was going to a guy that should get the ball a lot, that maybe he was forcing it a little bit too much, and he should yes, take the money sure. like you're yeah. saying. So now the shoe's on the other foot. But when Juice, when you're, <laughs> when you're the guy who's the ball's getting forced to, you seem to have a different tune. Yeah, and you know, and, it's true. And, I, and, and I'm going to tell you what, every time I turn the radio on, Aranda is saying the same damn shit. You know what I mean? Right. Aranda. <laughs> it started with Danny all the way to Jay. 
he's coaching now, and I can imagine with Patrick Sertan, if you're Sertan, I still call him, and and uh, Sam Madison. Now with their coaching, I would love to hear what they're telling the players. <laughs> I would I would love to sit in there and say, you know what, you guys, I'll tell you what, let me let me play some uh, tapes from a few right. years back. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That is so, so good. good. All right, let's keep it moving here. So you go ten and six in two thousand three. You know we talked about a little bit earlier. One of the six teams actually that were ten and six and didn't make the playoffs, but you know we're the ones that were left out. But then in two thousand four. Uh, just becomes the year from hell, in our opinion. You know, I'm 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 going to save the grand finale for Big Seth, but 04 oh, was was a mess in in the making for the most part. I mean, look at it. First, you got a whole situation with Danny being named senior vice president of ops, Rick being named GM. Then Danny steps down. Then North Turner takes the, the Raiders head coaching job. Then you name Joel yep. Collier OC. I mean, he has to step away, and you got the the mess of Mark Tressman, coach. Seriously, at this point, were you starting to think uh, you were snake bitten or something, man? Oh, absolutely. And you know what, though? I'll tell you what, what I should have done. And I won't tell you who I talked to. But when Wayne came in, and Wayne and I had a good rapport, and he said he was going to bring Danny in. And I said, okay. I said, so you're, so what are you telling me? You tell me that Danny's going to be – I'm going to report to Danny? And he says, no, no, no. You'll report to me. And I said, okay. And, and I was all for Rick, you know, doing the personnel thing. And I sat there – and I made a call, and the guy told me, Coach, there's five jobs open in the NFL. Which one do you want? Mm. Which job do you want? And I said, damn, you know, I, I got my guys here. I like my staff. I said, no, you know, and Wayne extended my contract. and But that wasn't – and I said, no, I'm, I'm going to stick this thing through because I believe in these guys and the system we got, and, and we'll be fine. We'll add some draft picks like everybody. Free agents. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, I could have left. I, and, and the guy said, Coach, there's five jobs. Which one do you want? Just just tell me and, and you got it. So uh, I stay. And don't you know, and we have at Norv leaves. OJ's right on point. Norv leaves. So then I named Joel. And we have a great mini camp. I mean, it's going perfect. And then he gets sick. And he's got to step away. So now I'm going into training camp with no offensive coordinator, okay? And two new coaches on our offensive staff. Okay. A week before training camp, I am sitting over at the Ritz in Naples, which I did every year, having lunch with my wife, and my phone rings. And I answer my phone. It's Ricky. And he, I said, Rick, what's up? He says, Coach, I'm in Hawaii at that time. I think he was on his way to India or some damn place. I said, Rick, what are you talking about? He says, no, Coach, I'm, I got to step over. So I says, don't do anything until you talk to me. Uh, let me to, let me figure this out. And um, the next day, it's on news. And the story gets broken. And Wayne didn't know about it. Wayne obviously uh, – you know, he's disappointed that I didn't let him know, but but Ricky told me, you know, I didn't think he was going to say anything to anybody, and I was going to try to get it all solved and get him back. Not even knowing that there was going to be a few game suspension or, you know, the, whatever happened there with the, with the testing and stuff. So, long story short, Ricky's gone. So now we go into summer, and we get hit with four hurricanes. You forget this part. In five weeks, guys. We had four hurricanes come through because we were, they turned, before our opening game with the Titans, 
they turned our facility into a shelter. Right. And I remember, I remember sitting there, and there goes some little – one of the players or coaches or somebody, a little kid dragging a blanket just goes right by my door. And I'm thinking of my – this was like Wednesday of game week. And I'm thinking, you got to be – you know, this – the focus, players were – it was a mess, a mess. And uh, so you had the Hurricanes, you had Ricky out, and, and um, we're trying to split up the offensive coordinator's responsibilities, and everybody's got a different opinion. And, and it was a real, real perfect storm. And there was nothing really that I could have done about it. I mean, it was what it was. So we dealt with it. And then, um, you know, when I, re- when I stepped away, Wayne Izinga and I were talking, and he it, – it's a, for the first time that him and I had some difference of opinions of who was supposed to play. Hmm. And, and he wanted to do some things, and uh, I said, I'm not going to do that because I will lose the locker room. And I said, these players have been lo- – I'm not going to do that. you the owner. You're my boss. If that's how you feel, then we, we've got a problem. And he said, well, then we we got a problem because this is got- – so two days later, I was out. I left. Wow. wow. And, but it was – but it, it would have uh, – and I knew how the guys in the locker room felt. And Jay was struggling real bad then. You know, his shoulder was bothering him. I mean, he was beat up. Yeah. It, it, it was a tough, tough deal. And, um, and Danny had already gone. Danny was there. I'll tell you a funny story. So Danny takes the job and we get down to the, uh, the senior bowl and we're sitting there at night and Dan comes in. It's me, Rick Spillman, George Payton and Danny. And we hand Danny the paper and we say, you know, these are the free agent guys that we were going to sign quarterback in addition to Jay. And Dan takes it and he looks at this. I laugh like hell. And then he flips it over and he says, well, where's the names at? And I says, where's the names? That's the names. Do you want John Kitna? Do you want, you know, and I started naming all these guys in there. Who do you want to sign? And I told him the same thing. I think I used Peyton Manning. I said, you really think that Peyton Manning is going to be on this list, Dan? And, and we all kind of laughed, you know, and, and, I, and wait. So then we go back to Miami and I go buy him a nice bottle of Opus wine. And I tell Ann Rodriguez, who was the secretary there, my assistant, I said, Ann, take this down and put this on Dan's desk. And he was like in the other wing. So one day goes by, two days go by, a week goes by. I, I Finally, you know, I said, anybody see Dan? <laughs> they said, this might, this is the open still sitting on his desk? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Don't, don't ruin my story. Oh, my bad, coach. So I said, I said, has anybody seen Dan? It's like two weeks. No, I haven't seen Dan. I haven't seen Dan. I said, I'll be right back. So I, myself, <laughs> I, I walked down and right in the middle of his desk is that $250 bottle of Opus. <laughs> Guess what I did? I grabbed that damn bottle and, 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 I walked it right back to my office. Good for you. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I That's... said, I'm going to take this thing before uh, the trainers, before the equipment guys or somebody walks by. Yeah, Mark Leone. I think Mark Leone might have gra- <laughs> snatched it off the desk. I, I said, Stu Weinstein, I know he's going to be up here sniffing around somewhere. <laughs> Stu's going to be looking at that wine. I'm going to uh, get that. Oh, I remember yeah. you coming up to me in the in the weight room, coach, and say, "Hey, what, what, have you heard anything from Dan? Have you heard anything about Dan?" I didn't know it's because the bottle of Opus was still sitting on the desk. I wasn't allowed over there. 
Oh, that's too it's funny. It's funny. Dan and I flew back together, me, him, and Jimbo Covert. We flew from Florida to Pitt last summer for a fundraiser, OJC. Mm -hmm. We're doing some of that NIL stuff at Pitt. Have be to, right? Have to, T yeah. tell, Penn, tell Penn State, be careful. But So the, <laughs> so, so we, we flew up there, and uh, and we played golf at a nice resort with all the Pitt guys and stuff, and we were we were laughing. We had a great time. We flew up and flew back together from uh, Fort Lauderdale, you know, right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's so funny, man. That's, that's, such, that's great stuff, man. It's, you know, Seth wanted to talk to you more about Ricky, but, you know, I, I, you know, I blame Seth, Coach. So don't blame yourself for all the carries uh, don't, don't go that he had issues. and all the workload you put in. Seth's the one that had that conversation with Ricky probably right before he called you, man. So I've been blaming Seth for the last four years for Ricky's retirement. You know, he, he said ass, this to Rick Spielman, and Rick said he was going to drive down two hours and kick my ass. Please don't Seth's do this to Coach Monster, too. It's all Big Seth's fault. He's the one that told him, yeah, you, you should shut it down, Rick. No, he didn't say that. It like is that is not what happened. Hold on, Juice. That did not happen. 100% did not happen. You better what, tell what, Dave what, the real story then, Seth. Well, what was Coach about to say? I'm going to try and wiggle no, my way I, out of this. I, well, I, I got a Ricky story. You know, I was uh, when was the Super Bowl in Miami three years ago when I saw OJ was it that we were this little deal little appearance and Ricky showed up there. That's the first time that I had seen Ricky since he left away. But the last time I saw him when he left, how about this? I get my we have a mini camp and everything is going perfect. So I had I had to get my knee operated on. So I get my knee operated on down there in Miami, and Harvey Green comes to me and says, Rick Ricky got this award. Uh, there was an art school, music art school, down in the city, and it was a private school, and, and they were going under. They didn't have finances. And Ricky had sold a couple cars or a condo or something, but he made a huge couple, hundreds of thousand dollars donation to this wow. school. So at that time, President Bush awarded Ricky uh, a plaque for what he did, okay, for education and so forth. So they were going to present him this award in front of the school at this big function. So Harvey comes to me and says, Coach, uh, we, 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 you got to help out on this. And I said, and I'm on crutches now. This is, and I said, what are you talking about? He says, well, they were going to, Jeb Bush, President Bush's brother was then governor of the state of Florida, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Jeb was, Jeb was going to fly down and present Ricky with this award. Ricky said no. So then Harvey goes and says, okay, we're going to have Mr. Heisinger will show up and present this award. He says, no. Ricky says, the only way I show up and accept this award, if Coach wants that, you got to give it to me. Really? I mean, this is, how, this is how close they were. Yeah. So I'm a day out of surgery. So I tell my wife, are you shitting me? You know, <laughs> I said, so I climb my ass in the back seat of a car, and I've got it lifted up, and I drive down to this thing. And I hobble on stage on crutches two days after surgery and present Ricky with this award. And we're hugging on stage. That's the last time I see him till I get the phone call when he's gone. Yeah. Until, wow. until a couple of years ago. Yeah, true story. Wow. True you know what's story. crazy yeah. about that? You talk about that that meeting we all had at that appearance. When I remember being right beside you, Coach, and you know whoever was helping us with the event or organized the event came up to you almost like whispered to you but i was right there and i could hear it like you know ricky just pulled up and i think they're worried that you were gonna be worried you know what i mean and right, sure enough right. ricky walks up man it was like kumbaya man like you guys it was such a cool for me to be able to be a part and see 
you know, you guys seeing each other for the first time since that right. day. It was just pretty awesome for me as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's come on my radio show here in Chicago and when we talked a little bit. So, yeah, we, we're fine. I mean, you know, things happen and people grow up and life's too damn short. You damn know? right it is. That's for sure. Damn that right That is for is. sure. So let's talk about I'm, some... I'm, I'm even friendly with Harvey Green now. You know? <laughs> that's saying a lot. That's... Oh. <laughs> Harvey, and, Harvey and I used to play golf. We would go out to Miami Lake, Lakes out there, Coach Shula's place, and we would play golf, and he loved to bet, and I loved to take his money. And, <laughs> and, we, and, and we were betting one time on a dinner, okay? I said, I'll bet you from here, let's, we'll go have dinner, winner, you know, dinner. Sure enough, he chokes the last three holes, knocks it in the water, I win, and he's walking up on 18, and he says, and you thought it was going to be a steak dinner? I'm stopping at McDonald's. You're getting a hamburger. <laughs> I believe it. Sounds like Harvey. Uh, for sure. I said, Harvey, I, that's right, OJ. I said, Harvey, I'm not surprised. I understand. Oh, too funny. Too funny. Well, let, <laughs> let's talk about some of the other guys. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Ricky, and, 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 and that's understood. But, you know, you mentioned Jay Fiedler. You mentioned Lindo. Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Sam and Pat. Now you talked about them, Timbo, Chris Chambers, Mark Dixon. There's so many guys that, you know, I had the honor of working with. Juice had the honor of calling teammates. What kind of memories do you have of just the group of men that you coached here? Yeah, they, they were all different personalities, you know, for sure, as, as all players are. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you try to, to, to kind of make a little connection with each guy for different reasons. At least I always have to have something a little special with each guy, you know, and Jason and I were, were for Pittsburgh guys, yep. you know, and, and I, uh, and I, his mother was still teaching school at a school out there in Pittsburgh. And we knew a lot of the same people. His high school coach was a guy that graduated the same time as I did from high school. And I knew his coach real well. Wow. And, and Jason was always so smart. I mean, he, he was a guy that if I was going to do something with the team, uh, I could always run it by Jason in confidence ahead of time and say, hey, what do you think about this? And if he thought it was a bad idea, he'd say, I don't know, coach. You might want to stay away from that. So he, he was trusted that way. And, and Zach, because of the, the Texas, you know, and, and that was kind of my specialty, defense, middle linebackers, middle linebackers. So I really enjoyed not just the relationship, but, trying to help him, you know, and here he is a pro bowl guy, but I really kind of got into trying to find ways to, to make his game better. And, and Sam and Pat and those guys, they, they were a trip, you know, Timbo, I, I was just, just hoping Timbo showed up every week because if, she, if, 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 <laughs> if, if Timbo, if he didn't show up ready to go, let me tell you something, Zach would be moping because he knew that he was going to be getting blocked and Jason and Wally Agunley or Trace Armstrong, they would be moping if Timbo because they knew they weren't going to get sacks. And that's what people don't understand. When Trace had 13 or 14 and Jason had 13 or 14 sacks, they were the guys coming off the edge. But truly, it was Tim Bowens in the middle that pushed the pile, and there was no room. Him, Daryl Gardner, all those guys, there was no place for the quarterback to – that's what people don't understand about pass rush. The greatest pass rush teams, it's like the Philadelphia Eagles now. They're leading the league in sacks. They got great edge guys, but they got Fletcher Cox in the middle. And Fletcher Cox is kind of like a Tim Bowens where he's going to push that pile inside and mm -hmm. knock him back. And there's never a place for the quarterback to step up and escape 
the and the outside guys are the ones that get all the sacks. So you know everybody kind of had their niche, and um, you, you know it, it was uh, just a great group. I mean, obviously talented. You know, Pat was great because he was young and he would listen. Sam wouldn't listen to anything I had to say, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Sam was. Oh God, Sam and I had some conversations, and uh, you know it, it was funny. And he and and when I left, Sam was probably the first guy, and he came in my office and got very emotional. And 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 I hadn't seen that side of Sam Madison. And, and I'll tell you what, I've I've never forgotten it. I've gone on the radio with him. He was doing dolphin stuff, wasn't he? Back yeah, he in was. The day? There and, was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I went on with him a couple of times, I think. And, uh, you know, Sam's a special guy and was obviously a great player. Coach Madison, we call him now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so crazy. How about that? So, Coach, uh, you know, you in the 18 years uh, since you left here, you've coached a lot of ball. You've lived a lot of life, obviously now doing a lot of interviews. I, I'm curious, and I guess we kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the show, but just w- when you look back at your experience here, kind of the legacy you left, because I think sometimes – you know, there's a lot of conversation about, oh, Dave is just a great guy, a great man, but, you know, could he have done more or whatever? But then you look at your record, 42 and 31 in the regular season, that's more wins than any Dolphins head coach not named Don Shula in the history of this franchise. Do you ever, do you ever even give thought to your legacy here? No, you know, it, it, it and in some respects, and I'll be honest, I mean, I, I can do what I want here in Chicago. And we, we had one playoff win in Chicago the whole time I was here. And uh, and never won ten games once, and it's the the mentality. I don't know. Down in Miami, it was just different, you know. I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit disappointing. Sometimes I'll be very honest with you, you know. And and I get hurt, but I really, I've, I've never given it a whole lot of thought. You know, it it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I, you know, the four years, and I keep saying four, but the four year four full years that I was there. We were the third winningest franchise in the NFL. Philadelphia and Green Bay were the only two teams that won more games than us. Man. Yep. And that's a lot to be proud that of. It is. And, 1, and, and I know and I and I know that. And the football people know that. And I never really got hung up on anything else, to be honest with you. And I'm gonna tell you what, coach, before we let you get out of here, I mean we got a couple other things, but you've said a couple of things and we just talked about you as a coach and how many people and how many, you know, fans and people within this organization would love to have those 11 win seasons, those 10 win seasons now, you know, and I think you're right. Coach McDaniel's on the right path. You also made a comment about Jay Fiedler, about the winner he is, the winner that he is. And you look at all the quarterbacks we've had, and we haven't had that type of success at that position, you know, since Jay. And that's a, you know, so yeah, people, they always want something else, seem like something a little different, but then when we've got something good and a, and a coach and, and a quarterback, you know, they, they, they remember it once we have such a long stand or a long stretch of mediocrity around here, you know? Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that, OJ. And, oh, Jay was the best. I remember we opened up the season that one year down in Tennessee, and they had never lost in that stadium. They were undefeated. And uh, that's when they had McNair and they had Eddie George, yeah. and and they had a defensive line that was unheard of. The freak yep. they called him, and, and yep. all. Yep, all those right. guys. And I remember Chan Gailey. He grabbed me. He says he called Jay, and he says, "Coach, we got to have this conversation." I said, "What's the problem?" He says, "We can't drop back and throw the ball. We'll get killed. Jay will not have time. So if we don't throw screens, and we got to run a bunch of quarterback runs." And I said, "Well, Jay, are you you ready for this?" And he says, "I'm ready, Coach. Whatever we got to do to win this game." Yeah. 
And on third down, we did not drop back one time. Oh, wow. We threw we threw screens to Lamar. We threw tight end screens, receiver screens, and he ran about five quarterback runs in that game, and we beat him. We beat him. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. All right, Coach, well, we talked numbers. about it, man. And, uh, you know, Seth and I always talk about this as part of our show right here. We always do this thing called a two-minute drill. And no game or practice is worth a shit without a, you know, without a great two-minute drill. And yep. the same thing goes on with this podcast. And Jay was one of the best at running two-minute drill. He he knew the offense in, inside out, the hand signals. And we, uh, we, we, we had a lot of fun with that. But what we're going to do is we're going to fire off some questions at you. And then we're going to let you go. But, but first, when I think of two-minute drills, you know, it brings back <laughs> – I hate to say it, it brings me back to an incident at one of our practices, and it involved me and a guy a little bit bigger than me, Daryl Gardner. One, my bad yeah. for yeah, yeah, my bad <laughs> for having you know for for stirring shit up. But but secondly, you know what was going on in your mind when it was going down? Yeah, I'm trying to. All I when you said you and Daryl Gardner, you had to be in the right. Daryl had to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing the players, huh? <laughs> I, I don't. I'm trying to remember the details of it. So take take help me out a little bit. Here, yeah, so okay? we're I think we're I think we're in training camp. I'm obviously not practicing. I'm banged up. I'm still from my, coming back from my surgery. And you right. had us do a two minute drill for conditioning going in, and I'm on the field like doing, going down the script of plays. And Daryl took himself out of two minute drill, and so of course me with the big mouth that I have, you know, challenged Daryl to get his ass back on the field. And Daryl yeah. didn't like it very much. He didn't like it at all, actually. <laughs> not so at all. Came, did he just... Yeah, so he came back on the field, not to play defense, but to get at me. You know what I mean? And so, and yeah, so we had a little. I, I, I remember. And Now, did I throw Daryl off the field or did I throw you off the field? I think you threw the whole what? team off the field. I think that you went to oh, practice okay. on the spot. Like everybody get, you know, that's it. And you, you had to, we had to speak. But, see, I was already walking out the out, out anyways, but I think you talked to the whole team about that shit. And, yeah, uh, but I hope it, you know, I hope it galvanizes us a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, well, you, hey, absolutely. No, I, uh, I drafted Bobby Ingram out of Penn State, and Bobby and I are still good friends. He's an offensive coordinator up there at Wisconsin mm-hmm. now. And when I drafted him at the Bears, he was on the board, and we were talking about guys, and I said, you know what? This guy is a version, the closest guy I've seen to O.J. McDuffie. How about that? On the field, mentality off the field. We got to have this guy on our team because he will help us win. And that was that was my conversation to draft him. We drafted Bobby Ingram, and uh, and and Bobby came through for you. He oh. he, he was unbelievable. Bobby did everything. That's a know? great guy. That's a great yep. guy, man. Yeah, and that was yep. one of my. You know, you know, how we do it at Penn State, coach. You know, I'm the one that hosted him, and of course, I sealed the deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, another question I've got. You talked speaking to a couple of Penn State guys. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember I came up to you and I asked you. I said, Coach, what's the word on the street about a guy named Kajana Carter? And you're like Kajana Carter. Well, I haven't heard that name in a long time. And sure as shit, you gave him. A, you brought him in and gave him a tryout. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I did. I did. I remember the running back. I, he had been with the Bengals or somebody, yep. I think it was, right? Yep. And I, I remember that. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And sure I, enough, uh, yeah. And you extended yeah. his career because we didn't sign him, but he then he had to work out with Washington, I think, in New Orleans, and he got a few that's more years right. in the league because of that. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's Coach right. Juice and Kajana were neighbors, so I think OJ just didn't want some weird person moving in next door to him. So he was trying to get Kajana a gig. So I know it meant a lot to him that you gave him that shot. 
Well, I gave a lot of – I made – every time I do some radio shows up here with Olin Krutz, who was the center for the Bears, you yeah. know, and we brought Olin down for a visit. I thought he was going to sign as a free agent, and they doubled his money up here. So every time I see him, he says, man, you made me a lot of money, Coach. Thank you. <laughs> Too good. Yeah, but you didn't – you didn't come down here and block anybody for me. <laughs> right. You did nothing for me. Right, yeah, right. That's exactly right. Good all right, stuff. All right. Just, I didn't mean to get this off track. Drill. Yeah, I didn't mean to get us off track, Seth. So here we go. Oh, wait a minute. Coach, now, we also asked now, we're doing two-minute drill. You want to be on the defense side of the ball or the offense side of the ball with this? Because offense usually asks for timeouts. Defense wants just the clock to keep running. You you tell us what you like. To I, I'm I'm playing defense. There we go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not letting you two guys. I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm going to defend myself with you two guys. All right. Well, we've got some real fastballs here for you. Okay, first and foremost, you already talked about it a little bit. You and Harvey Green had a great personal and professional relationship. You talked a little bit about his golf game. You also were jogging buddies. I want to know what was more impressive, his running ability or his golf game? Running because he only had to move straight ahead and move his legs. He didn't have to move his whole body. <laughs> Lateral movement was going to be trouble. Huh? <laughs> that golf swing I heard is pretty impressive. Yeah. Golf swing is horrible. Oh, man, Charles Barkley. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, All right, good. Coach, three of your former Dolphin players, Sam Madison, Pastor Tan, and Wells Walker, are currently members of the coaching staff now. What other players during your tenure in Miami do you think would be a great coach? Well, Jason Taylor, and he's down there coaching yep. at the U. Yep. So I, you knew Jason would be, uh, you know, who else? Zach Thomas could, yeah. could be an unbelievable coach. With yeah. his personality and everything, Zach would be outstanding. And, you know, we're talking offense. How about Jay Fiedler? I think Jay, you know, the smartest guy in the in the room and, uh, and got the personality, I think, to relate to the entire team. Yeah, I love well, Rondé's a pretty good wide receiver coach. You think he'd be a good coach? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I got to see that in action. You're right. I got to right. see that. I gotta... <laughs> Believe it when you see it. Oh, too good. Too good. All right. I don't know if you'll remember this one, and he's holding up the clock now, but our very own DJ Preach is better known to you as Sean Todd, a former operations assistant. He told a story on this podcast of you taking the team in 2000 to remember the Titans, and he said you gave him one you gave him one job. He had one job, and it was make sure we go right to the movie. I don't want any credits. I don't want any bullshit. Go right to the movie. And then that, that the projector comes on, and in comes that little Pepsi girl walking through the, the saloon. What was going through your head? I was looking for a Todd, I guarantee it. You know, <laughs> the, la the last thing I wanted was Tim Bowens or Daryl Gardner heading back there with a handful of cash to start buying candy and stuff <laughs> in, in a movie. We were watching, watch the game and we were coming back and going to work. It was a business trip. Oh, too funny. Too okay. funny. We got one more. We're going to get one more in here. No, I think that's, I think that's good. You good? All right. We'll end it I on that with Sean Todd. That's the two right minute there. drill. <laughs> he is Dave Wanstead. Coach, thank you so much for answering my email for crying out loud, let alone jumping on and spending some time with us. It really, really was a pleasure. Anything I can do to help you you guys you let me know i'm in okay hey, thanks for diving in coach okay see you guys be safe you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one. one. Of course, y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk.